Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,253. Today, well, today we get very technical, have a little fun, and have a little look into the future of car technology. Buckle up and prepare to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in, well, I'm a long way from home. I'm in Tel Aviv, Israel, with a very special guest by the name of Gonan Barkin. Gonan, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I'm ready. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Mark. Absolutely. We're going to have some fun talking about the future, which is here today. But before we get started and I give you an introduction, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Gonan? Yeah, well, it's not as little as I may think, but um, I've been doing homeschooling for 11 years. Okay. Uh, for my three girls. Nice. And in the pre-COVID days, while working in a startup company, tape out in chips, uh, on the cutting edge of technology, so nobody believed it's possible. Uh, <laughs> but uh, COVID came and proved proved me right. So, well, your uh, little girls here are going to grow up very, very smart because they got a very intelligent dad. And uh, my hats off to you. And and this is a a trend that I think is going to keep going. And I've heard this from many people when COVID hit, you know, people were just unhappy with the school systems. I think they were kind of unhappy to begin with in many ways, and we won't go down that rabbit hole. But the fact that they realized that there are some ways to do this, to homeschool your kids and educate them perhaps even a little better and do it in a way where you can still connect with the world. So my hat's off to you. Holy cow. Uh, you wear a lot of hats, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, being a, a you know a home dad and being a, still you know being the, on the tipping tip of technology that was uh, have an experience. Well, that's very cool. Fortunate little girls you had there. That's great. Let me give you a proper introduction. Gonan Barkin is the chief radar officer at Arbe, a global leader in perception radar solutions. There he oversees the technological strategy and leads product specifications and R&D execution to drive Arbe's innovative solution and the radar industry towards market success. Prior to joining Arbe, Gonan served as the General Motors radar lead where he directed a global team responsible for radar development and technology across General Motors. He was responsible for all aspects of radar technology development, radar product development, and radar integration into the GM vehicles, focusing on future retail autonomy programs. This was done in close collaborations with the entire radar ecosystem, tier ones, twos, and startups engaging with more than 80% of the automotive radar landscape. I told you listeners, we're going to be talking about the future today. So buckle up, sit back and enjoy the show. But first a word from our sponsors. So let's give them a little love and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up, way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner 
that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe. That the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. And their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. So, uh, Gonan, we are back. Now, uh, we could go way off into the weeds here on the technology side, but I want to give our listeners a taste and flavor for what you're doing there at R Bay because, I mean, this is the future, and the future is coming on really fast, and there are aspects of autonomy that some people like, some people don't like. I think in our pre-show chat, I told you I've changed my perception on some of this, but you guys have come out with some pretty cool deals, and I want to start with this one. I think it was announced uh, PR on January 5th of this year, my birthday, so thanks. It's a cool birthday gift. Uh, you released a 360-degree radar-based perception, uh, the first AI-based integrated and analysis of uh, complete vehicle surroundings. So let's start there, which is kind of with the future. Oh my gosh, you guys are doing some incredible things. So kind of walk us through what this means. Yeah, of course. So Arbus technology is basically creating the technology that enables a much, much higher resolution and um, quality of radars that will enable use in actual perception of the world. Most radars today, like 99.9% of the radars today are mostly used for relatively simple uh, ADA solutions. So uh, driver assist, like beep and, and warning, and maybe you know uh, torque your, your steering wheel a bit if you're wrong, but or maybe adaptive cruise control. But if you wanna start using a radar to perceive the environment, create an image, but unlike camera, 
it's a four-dimensional image, so you have the depth and you have the velocity, which camera cannot deduce. And now, to, and although our key focus is on the actual hardware and technology to enable this, so the chips and the, and the algorithms to do it, we have to prove out that it is really possible to image the world with radar. This has never been done before. And, and uh, so we go the extra two miles and actually connect six radars that provide 360 coverage around the vehicle and we prove out that you're able to understand the world around you by radar only. So in the old in the old days of, of radar, the way I used to think of radar was we put a radar detector in my car and it would tell me if that cop up on the road was tagging me or not. So I better slow down a little bit. So it kind of just pinged forward and pinged back. And then they came out with the kind that would ping back behind you in case the guy was chasing you. But what what we're seeing now, if I can... In, in my little mind, compared to your massive brain trust, is just looking all around us out for a long distance. So, and it's just constant. So it's telling us what's going on around us. And let me ask you this. Can it perceive what it interprets as what's coming? So let's see a car is coming from a side road or something, and it's going to warn us that this guy might not stop. Or I mean, how in-depth do we go here? So think about the high-definition high camera, Okay. You see everything, right? You yeah. don't don't say I want to see just trees or I want to see just cars. You see everything, and then the vehicle brain is interpreting this according to its mission. Okay, trees are risky, are not risky, but a kid that stands next to the tree is risky, and I need to change my behavior. So the idea is to get the radars to this level of imaging capability, but camera does it, you know, optically. No, the perceived light that we see, and the radar does this on an RF frequency, which is not impacted by lighting condition, it's not impacted by adverse weather, it's not impacted by the color of objects. So it provides, you know, the, the diversity in how you perceive the world to get to the level when uh, you understand the world better than the driver itself. Wow. And this is the right path to safety, not just autonomy. This is the missing link. Camera is not good enough. Well, yeah, you know, we heard this, and if you go back to the beginnings of cars trying to do this and not perceiving the right thing, or somebody walking in the middle of the night on a black on a freeway, you know, they're they're full of drugs or they're messed up or whatever, they're just lost and they wander onto a freeway, and a car can perceive or can't perceive them. You and I couldn't perceive them until our headlights reach them, and that may may be too late uh, to be able to avoid them. But this is looking at everything in its own way. I mean, it's the future's here, right? Exactly. So the whole point is cameras are great, but you but cameras alone will not allow the vehicle to be safe enough uh, and, you know, and being able to perceive the world better than a, than a driver. And radars today are not good enough. And that's what Arbus Technology is aiming to do, to bring the radar to this level, to be the, you know, the best uh, power couple with a camera. So this will be able to bring our cards not just to autonomy, but for safety. And, and bring it to all. So we, we don't, uh, our entire focus is bringing it to the right price to get to the mass market. So you get safety as a standard and not just on the high end uh, vehicle or, or the, the robo taxis, but it'd be, you know, affordable and available to all. 
Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because we think of all this technology typically on high-end vehicles that most people can't really afford. But the other part of this is it can integrate down to all levels of cars is one thing I think about are autonomous trucks, long-haul range trucks that at some point you don't have to put a person inside these things because while some long-haul truckers may think that's a great job, but others like that's a pretty boring, monotonous job and it's open to problems, people getting tired, whatever it might be. Um, so this can go into those kind of vehicles as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And, and frankly, I'm, you know, my, my two older daughters are driving now. And frankly, I'm, I'm a bit pissed that I didn't finish this work <laughs> 10 <Yeah>. years earlier. <laughs> uh, but I want them, I want the car to be safer for them. Yeah. Also, even if they're in the driver's seat, but I want the car to guard them and not the driver to supervise the vehicle, which is what you have today. I, I want to sh shift the paradigm in this regard. Well, you got a personal take on it. And being a father of a daughter and a son, I understand because that first time that you hand over the keys and they drive away from the house, uh, it's a little unnerving. Well, it's a lot unnerving. It's like, oh my gosh, I hope they get back. Uh, yeah, because that uh, that situational awareness isn't grown in there yet. It's just, you know, seat time that we all have. So uh, there's so many cool aspects of this. And and I mentioned listeners at the beginning, we had a really nice talk, uh, Gonan and I, about some people in the car world don't like this idea because they think, that maybe the government is going to come in and take away their ability to drive and then put everybody in these cars. Hopefully, I think we're a long way from that. However, there are people that could really benefit from this. Uh, my mother, who's aging, that has more challenges right now driving. This could make things safe for her. She doesn't have to rely on somebody. A car could just pull up and take her to the doctors or to the grocery store, whatever it might be. I mean, there's so many other aspects of this. And I, I wanted to mention something about Arbe, your company, because I know that for the second year in a row, uh, you guys are the CES Innovation Award honor. You won the 2023 nomination for this 360 radar-based perception solution. Congratulations to you and your team. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's. Um, I, I think uh, what Arwe brings to the table, and again, no, being uh, for long years on the other side, knowing the entire market, is, is innovation across the board from the actual hardware that is innovative and unique to its kind to the algorithms and how you process it and 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 up to the perception level. And um, I, I think that goes across the board. And I think this is one of the reasons why uh, we get full endorsement by, actually we are the only, you know, non, you know, startup in this domain that has four top tier, radar tier ones endorsement. And uh, definitely this is why we get into these, uh, uh, good places in the contests. Well, congratulations. Uh, a lot of hard work, no doubt. Now, you just returned from the uh, Las Vegas CES show. What was your impression of the show this year? Did it have a new vitality, especially coming out of the COVID years where, you know, they lost the show and things were kind of throttled back? Did you sense new vitality happening throughout the show? Well, definitely, yes. Attending CES uh, before, I think this was one of the best. Although, you could see, a, uh, you know, maybe not the same number of attendees, but but uh, I think the the way it was organized by domains like automotive uh, and consumer and made made the, all the meetings, all the interactions were substantially much more effective, realistic, uh, very good leads, very good discussions, a lot of follow ups. 
and very, very um, little wasted time. Well, yeah. Having attended many SEMA shows, I understand that the way they structure it can sometimes mess up your ability to really do what you want to do. Because I went there for, I've been to 31 of those shows now. And uh, (laughs) the first 25 or so were for work. And sometimes they're so big that you feel like you can't accomplish everything. But I've heard the same from a lot of my friends that attended CES again this year that uh, quite exciting, quite exhilarating. You know, one of the things I mentioned is a team. And you no doubt work around and always have worked around a team of very smart people when you're a GM and where you are at Arbe. Has oh, there been maybe uh, some, what I call a driving inspiration in your life, a key mentor or someone that really you felt influenced and drove your career forward? Uh, well, um, we talked about before about luck, right? So I, really, yes. I was really lucky. I think on my first, actually second year in G, first year in GM, second, sorry, second year in GM, um, uh, my, the radar I developed was, chosen to go on cruise vehicles in San Francisco. Wow. And, you know, and what, that was like the first ever from GM. And, and that was, and that got me some, um, a very good FaceTime and, and engagement with two amazing leaders. Uh, I think the first was uh, Andrew Farah. Uh, he was a GM chief technology architect uh, that kind of um, walked me through you know, I came from the startup world and how do you bring innovation in, you know, into an OEM, into a vehicle. Um, and he was a great uh, leader to, to follow. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the second one uh, personally was my personal mentor at GM, um, Scott Miller. He's a GM a VP of sort of defined vehicles. Uh, so he was my personal mentor in GM, taught me a lot about leadership and how to lead also uh, and drive innovation in such a complex uh, environment as automotive. And I I think uh, I was really lucky in this regard. How would you advise young people today that want to go into the field of automotive and technology specifically? How would you give them some some words of inspiration and advice on how to get into this field? Well, Well, the good news is this is a vast really a vast field uh, from electrification to safety uh, through autonomous, through sensing, through perception, through AI. So there's so many ways you can get into this industry, mechanical engineering, uh, controls. So there are so many ways. And my recommendation would be to choose the one that you're most passionate about. For me, that was always the physical aspect of things. And this is why I'm on the sensing side on how the world can be, you know, digitally transferred into the vehicle and and uh, the whole safety as- aspect of it. Choose where, you know, you have passion for. And it's okay to start from the bottom. That's okay. I did it myself for the first two years, moving from communication to radar. I actually hand-coded the, the first two radars after years of being manager. Oh, wow. And and that's kind of uh, and and you need you know the 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 right mindset to seize opportunities as they come, even if it sometimes looks you know a bit challenging. I want to talk a little bit about challenges because you work in a field that is a lot of new stuff happening, and I wondered if there's a big obstacle. Well, there probably been many, uh, but one that stands out for you, a big obstacle, challenge, even a failure that you face. But more importantly, when you look back, you're somewhat happy you had to go through that painful process because it taught you some incredibly valuable lessons. Yeah, well, uh, 
Well, so um, I worked for a startup company uh, who went through Chapter 11. Actually, lost a lot of money, stayed without a job, and um, I went back to the basics. Went to do some really design works for other companies, uh, and this is how you know this opportunity came to life on design work for Radar, and I've kind of learned it you know bottom up, and then uh, I brought a lot of knowledge from my communication world into this innovation. And, and then you know, a year later, opportunity arised and I built you know, a, a team from scratch at GM, really. And, till, and this got me into eventually leading the entire radar technology domain globally at GM and then to Arbe, which is, I think, the best company in this domain. So, you know, don't worry about change. You know, um, don't worry about um, maybe going back to the basics as long as you, know, you have the right mindset. No, it will work out. You know, I think it used to be, and since I'm an older fella, more mature fella, I'll call myself a classic classic fella, is that the old concept, and this came from uh, Sir Henry Rolls-Royce, is uh, the idea that you cannot accept failure. Everything has to be perfect all the time. And I think that's changed a bit, that people have a different aspect about let's use the word failure, which always had a negative connotation, that these are good things because you're a scientist, basically. You're trying things that have never been done. And unless you go through these challenges and failures and obstacles and discover what doesn't work, uh, you can't move on to figure out what does work. You can't let, can't let those things stop you like you just said. So I think that's a pretty important aspect of the idea of process of evolution and involvement and discovery, right? Uh, definitely. I, I mean, I always tell my girls that the only thing you can learn from is failure. Because if, if you're succeeded, this is something you already know. Yes. There's not, not much to learn from it. I mean, but and every time you fail, uh, and I think, you know, the especially in the automotive domain, which is sometimes very rigid, you learn that you have to be extremely flexible because when you work on innovation, I mean, think about it. When you, you work on sensors, just think about it that a sensor you develop will st- we'll get to the vehicle maybe six, six years later and will stay at the customer for another seven years. Wow. So you have to think about what customers in 13 years from now will still consider valuable. That's a technology you need to develop. Oh, my God. Wow. You have to be extremely flexible and kind of uh, figure out the future as you go and learn if you made a mistake you know, learn where, how to course correct. And this is the natural order of things. There's no other way. You know, it brings up a good point. And what I think about is uh, maybe military application. Uh, and let's pick aircraft, even modern aircraft. Like I flew from, I just recently last week flew from London back here to Seattle. And the plane was on its virgin flight. It was a Boeing 787, spectacular aircraft, comfortable. Uh, it had only flown um, to London to be set into place by British Airways and flew back. And as I was sitting in that airplane looking around going, wow, think of what it took to get this aircraft here and me here all the work when did this start how many years ago did the first guy put i'll say pen to paper i know they don't use that anymore but to make this airplane happen and what are they doing right now that will be happening 10 15 years from now so that when i get on a plane kevin allows me to be alive that long and i say the same thing and i go wow when i flew from london to seattle 
on that brand new 787, there was some guy creating this plane I'm on now 15 years later. So I never thought of it that way, but you're right. These things take a long time. It's not just the stuff you design today is in place tomorrow, especially with the technology you're doing, right? Yeah, actually, it's even worse. If you go ask people, and that was my my role, right? And what do you need? You go to chief engineers of the vehicle and say, what do you need in 10 years? I don't think anybody can tell you, and everybody who tells you he knows is wrong. Doesn't know the business, right? And yeah. everything, any answer you get now would be wrong in six in six months, right? So that that's once you embrace this, then you're on the path to success. Well, great segue to my next question, and that is what I call my bucket list question. If you could look out into the, and I don't want to go too far because it's hard to see that far, but let's say next three to five years with the technology you guys are developing at Arbe, what would you like to see? Where does how is that in place and what is it doing? Um, well, I hope to complete the journey I started a few years ago uh, on developing radios for the robo taxis. I want you know to get to the point to you know to lead this this to lead this through until it gets to the customer when the vehicles you know raid Arbus radar will be used you know in tandem with the camera to to get the vehicles to the point where it will outperform the driver in certain tasks and everybody can get it. Uh, and hopefully that will be before the end of the decade. I mean, considering, considering the, the, um, how long does it take for automotive to put things on vehicles? I mean, it will not be an autonomous car, I know, but in some, you know, at some areas, at some driving tasks, this is where I want to get. I mean, you, you know you have a fully autonomous feature on your vehicle. Well, maybe not you, but <laughs> yeah. whoever is driving auto, um, uh, uh, with an uh, automatic gear shift, that's an, an auto, autonomous feature. It outperforms the driver, maybe outside very unique drivers, uh, and you don't supervise it. It works all the time, all weather, all, all conditions, right? Yeah. So I want the vehicle to be able to do more maybe take you through traffic jam better than a driver. Yeah. And I want Arbus Radar, I think, is the missing link in getting there. Really, no cynicism. cynicism. <laughs> the radars, the, the camera alone, or the very you know exotic solutions on the high end, that's nice, right? But to get to this level, I believe that our technology is the missing link, and, uh, we, and we get good endorsement by the industry, and I really want to lead it through until we get there. Well, I told you this, and some of my listeners know I just returned from Mumbai. I was there since Christmas for a long trip. And uh, yeah, they could use your help there with the taxis and the <laughs> traffic conditions. I've never been in a place that is that controlled chaos. That's the best way I can describe it. I don't know how, how they do it. Uh, it's just crazy. But if I could just walk out of my hotel and, and an autonomous cab pulls up and I say, take me to, you know, need restaurant. Uh, and it just goes there without all the horn honking and the potential calamities of running over all the people in the streets and an occasional cow wandering into the traffic and monkeys and everything else. So, uh, yeah, we could use your help. Uh, no doubt you guys are on your way. Let's talk a little bit about your personal passion for cars. Now, you, you were a self-admitted, not so much a car guy when you and I first got together and we had a great chat. However, I'm not so sure. I mean, you've worked around a lot of car people. You're into cars. You showed me a very unique car that you have. Could you share one special, unique vehicle story with me? Maybe this is a vehicle that you've had in your life that has meant something to you. I'm hoping we're going to go down the path of a very unique, dare I say, a Jeep that you showed me. 
Yeah, so um, um, as uh, some of you may know, in Israel, you know, our army duty is mandatory. And I've spent a lot of years in the army. Um, and uh, in my uh, some of my years as an officer, I had an um, M151 Jeep, uh, a military, a military issue um, uh, as as my personal uh, vehicle. Um, and I spent so many hours and days and nights uh, out in the field with it. And as simple as it is, um, it was always, you know, like a personal friend. It could get you, it could get you anywhere, anytime. Super simplistic, uh, easy to maintain. Never, never had a problem. And if it has a problem, you just lift it with your hands. And you still feel out in the nature, right? You're not cl- enclosed in something. It's everything open, and it always outperforms all the big and heavy, you know, foreign force. Right. Uh, and gets everywhere. So you know, really liked it. Well, Jeeps are one of those passion vehicles, and I think around the world, really, and in the U.S., they are. I mean, the one thing about the Jeep here in the U.S. is I don't think there are two that are the same, because the minute anybody gets a Jeep of any kind, (laughs) they modify it. And when you go back to military Jeeps, and even go back to uh, the old Jeeps from the 40s and 50s here in the U.S. that people still have, and how simple they are, but how heartwarming. They're they're kind of like the, the VW Beetle of... Yeah. Outdoor car. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad you shared that that story. You listeners, I got to see a great picture uh, that go in and shared with me of this vehicle we're talking about. So you have to send me that. Maybe I can share that with the, the listeners as well. So I'm going to be your car psychologist today. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here. So <laughs> sit back on the couch and think about this. If you are manifest or reincarnated, pun intended, as a vehicle, what would you be? But more importantly, why? Yeah, that that's a tough question. <laughs> um I guess I'd be somewhere between a you know an RV and a hardcore four and four. Okay. Or maybe some, some one of both. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I've seen some versions of it. Um, because I, I think somewhere um, I'm somewhere in between um, a, a very strong fem- family man and but on the other hand, I really like the outdoors being alone. So kind of uh, I need to find the mix. Mix. That's okay. I love it. That's a good answer to that question. You know, we love books here, and I'm wondering if there's a book. It could be car related, could be scientific, could be technolo- technology, could be self help. A book that you might share with our listeners that you've enjoyed? Uh, well, um, may- maybe um, I- it may be a well known book, uh, The Br- a Brief History of Mankind. Oh, yeah. Also, being um, kind of a history fan, I, I think. Uh, this book's ability to lay out, uh, I think, I, I don't know, 200,000 years of, uh, or maybe a million or more years of evolution, and and, um, and also from the person, from personal perspective, the human perspective, the social perspective, the uh, humankind perspective. I think in, in a very very clear way. I think that's um, it's a book worth reading. Is that the book with the title Sapiens? Yeah. I love the way that book did what it did, because when you think about how long we've been on this planet, humankind, it's not really not very long at all compared to the planet. However, when you think about just us as individuals and how long we've been around, how we've evolved, uh, it's pretty phenomenal. And uh, I believe the author is interesting. Yuval? 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 Yuval Noah Harari. Harari, yeah. Okay, there you go. I got that. I uh, just can't say the name very well. So, yeah. <laughs> Unique name. It's a great book. And uh, anybody 
Well, I think everybody should read that book because, uh, you know, we all are humankind and uh, it's nice to know where from where which we came, if you will. So I'm glad you recommended that. So I'm going to be your benefactor today. I'm going to allow you or I should say I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive. I'm going to provide you with any vehicle in the world. Don't worry about the cost. I'm going to pay for it today. You can take <laughs> it anywhere and you can take anybody with you, uh, even somebody who's no longer with us. So that opens up the world to people from history that you could spend some time with talking with so what does the ultimate drive look like for you Gonen? yeah probably i'm not going to be that um <laughs> unique in this answer but i would definitely take my wife and three daughters on kind of a four four by four big rv that can go anywhere and and, and just cruise the world <laughs> <laughs> you know that sounds pretty nice and i'll tell you something that i believe covid did that's positive. It did do some positive things, I believe. And that is it's opened up people's idea of spending more time with friends and family and getting out into nature. And I've got lots of friends that uh, I'll get, I'll cite one. I've talked about him before who never was into camping. He's into cars big time, racing and classic cars, sports cars. Uh, but he's ended up doing the same thing, bought himself a really cool four by four and a cool trailer. And he and his wife now go across the country and get out into nature and hike and experience things that uh, he'd never experienced before. And when he bought all this stuff, I went, uh, Bill, have you ever been camping? You spent a lot of money on all this stuff and you, you never gone camping. He goes, well, I hope I like it. And it's true. It's proved to be a good thing. So that's a great answer. Taking your family, your girls and, uh, getting out into nature. You know, you've taken us on a wonderful journey here today into the future. Uh, I'm so happy we have very smart people like you and your teams that are creating these things for us to help us be safer. And in many ways, do some things we've never done before in the future. Before I let you go today, could you maybe share some words of inspiration or wisdom with us uh, before we uh, part our ways today? Yeah, this, this probably will also come not as a surprise. I mean, I, I truly believe that, you, that and, uh, and I've learned it also from my mentors, is that you always be successful if you focus on what you really have passion for. And I think that's the first thing because, you know, it's, it's um, always, a, especially on, on the innovation side and getting new things, it's always a struggle. There's a lot of ambiguity and things unknowns. And if you have a passion and you really believe in what you're doing, I think I think you'll have the resilience to go through this and be successful. Absolutely. You're proof of that. How can people learn more about your company? And I'll spell this for you listeners, A-R-B-E. Yeah, exactly. So definitely on our website, arborobotics.com and uh, also on LinkedIn. And you can always reach out uh, to me personally, and I'll always be glad to respond, talk, chat, and link you with the right people um, in our org. Absolutely. It's going to be a fascinating talk for you people. And I want to do a shout out. Thank you to uh, D.D. Rudenstein at Propel Strategic Communications. He's the one that connected me and introduced me to Gonan. So thank you, D.D., for bringing a tremendous guest uh, that shows a little light into the future for all of us here. So I much appreciate that. Gonan, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and sharing uh, this magical world that we're all going to be involved in in the future. And the future is here. Until you and I talk again, my friend, uh, I'll see you somewhere down the road sure thing mark and uh, it was really a true pleasure you know you know show this was a lot of fun i appreciate you taking me into some some places that are coming down the road so uh, much appreciated thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at cars yeah 
drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!